You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and, most of the time, improv new stories to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, I don't feel like making up a story today. Uh, uh, Yeah. I'm tired, and I don't want to have to make up Ghostbusters 3 today. (laughs) Yeah, I'm tired, too. But yeah, this is not actually going to be an improv episode. I thought, you know what? We did an improv already this month. We're both super busy with other projects and other recordings. So let's just do like a Super Gushers episode. We'll pick something cool to talk about and just have some fun. Absolutely. So today, the reason I mentioned Ghostbusters, like spoiler alert, is but a little behind the scenes action here, right? You and I were talking about what movie I might pick for my like Patreon special on the Boogeyman's Closet, the other mm-hmm. podcast that you host. And I was being very indecisive, to be honest. I didn't really know what I wanted to pick. I actually, the problem is I have a list that's too long <laughs> uh, of, <laughs> of movies I would love to talk about that you haven't featured on the show yet, but I couldn't really narrow it down because none of them really seemed to me to be like straight horror. And right. while I, I know that you normally don't mind, like, it, it's okay as long as it's horror adjacent, like, it still kind of fits the theme of the show. But still, I was like, oh, I don't know, I can't decide. Right. <laughs> and what, and what I did eventually make a decision, and I made a, a sort of a drastic decision based on, well, fuck this whole list that I can't pick from. I'm going to pick something else t- entirely different just to, like, make the decision and we'll move on. But then I was still left thinking about, man, I should have picked Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> and I think that would have been a fun episode, but I know you haven't done the first Ghostbusters yet as of this recording on the Boogeyman's Closet. And I thought, man, like, hmm, I could pick, I could pick the first one. I can pick the second one. That'll be fun. We'll do a Ghostbusters. But then I thought, but wait a second. Like, I like the second Ghostbusters better than the first one. And would it be weird to do the second one first on your show? Um so then I don't know that I was right back to just being <laughs> indecisive again <laughs> and see. And like, like I said, I don't mind covering, uh, you know, doing sequels before the original um, in some cases, like we did uh, when we did our month of most hated movies, uh, we covered Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, which is the fourth in the franchise. And at that time we had only covered the first two. Um, so it was like, we're missing part three. And then like with Halloween, Believe it or not, the first Halloween movie we covered was the remake, and then the next one that we covered was part three, the season of the witch. So we did that a little out of order as well. Um, now there are franchises that I do want to go in order with, like Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, so much so that I'm possibly planning an entire month of Nightmare on Elm Street at one point. Um, nice. Just because I'm like, oh crap, we got to make the timelines match up for the Friday the Thirteenth special <laughs> to to get to that. Uh, Freddy versus Jason. But, um, you know, yeah, so I didn't mind that if we did that. But I will say I took umbrage when you were like, I like Ghostbusters 2 better. I was like, say what? (laughs) So. 
<laughs> that that was kind of the impetus of like let's talk about Ghostbusters for a bit. I know, right? You're like, wait, double take. You like Ghostbusters too better? That's yeah, was, stupid. Little record <laughs> skip there. I was like, what? <laughs> like what? Yeah, well, and that's part of why I wanted to pick Ghostbusters too because I actually think it's a great movie. And yeah, had you asked me up until today, I would have been like, well, of course, Ghostbusters two is the superior movie, and let me give you a whole litany list of why, you know. <laughs> um, and I and I think, of course, a lot of it has to do with like the nostalgia of like when I first saw it, and you know how it affected me and all that sort of thing. But I did for a long time genuinely feel like. They improved on the weaknesses of the first movie and made this really like awesome, like, you know, blockbuster hit. And so, of course, the second one is better. Like, it's one of those rare examples where the sequel is better than the first one. But, you know, it it also kind of falls into that category for me where I like Gremlins 2 better than the original. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blasphemy, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Another one I can't follow you on, but, you know. <laughs> but again, for me, it's because I enjoy watching the movie better. Like, is it... Is Gremlins 2 objectively better than Gremlins? Of course not. I mean, the original Gremlins is a classic, right? right? And it's a classic for a reason because it is so good and it hits on so many, uh, like it hits so many notes just right. But I just like the second one better because when I watch it, it's the more enjoyable movie. I mean, it's more fun. It's fast paced. It's goofy. It's got all kinds of cool like cameos and like silly monsters and like it's a fun movie. Right. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about Ghostbusters too. So I thought this would be perfect. I'll you know, go in the Boogeyman's closet and we'll talk about it. And then everyone who listens will be like, what do you mean? It's the better than the first one. You freaking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but instead we're going to do that here. So whatever. I, I just, I just ruined it by saying, you know what? No, I'm going to pick something else and we'll take it off the table. And then I regretted it, but I already told you like no takesy backsies. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel better, we absolutely will be covering Ghostbusters 1 and 2 at some point. Um, There is a uh, discussion of doing a comedy horror horror comedy month um, so we can kind of get some stuff in there like the Burbs and Ghostbusters and, you know, all of those movies that definitely play in the horror sandbox but are comedy forward. Like like this is this is a comedy first that has horror elements to it. Versus something like Return of the Living Dead, where it's a dark comedy, where it's clearly a horror movie with a lot of silliness. Um, so, yeah, we're going to kind of we're, we're definitely going to do a month of that where we just grab a bunch of our favorite, you know, 80s and 90s horror comedies and uh, and just put them up for votes. So I'm sure Ghostbusters will make the list because the last time when we did the family friendly month, Ghostbusters was like literally just eked out. I think it was by uh, Beetlejuice. It got like Beetlejuice oh, got it yeah. by, by like one vote, um, you know, so it was it, it was it was people wanted it on the show. We just didn't get it there. So, yeah, if you guys do a horror comedy movie or horror comedy month, I want to vote for Saturday the 14th Strikes Back. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> well, see, and now there's another perfect example of a sequel to another movie being done first because there was Saturday the 14th and then Saturday the 14th Strikes Back. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Saturday the 14th to this day. I don't think I have any Seriously? idea. Yeah, oh, I don't think man. I've ever seen the first one. I've only ever seen the second one with Jason Preston in it. There is a scene in the first one that it's like, it's so stupid. But for whatever reason, as a kid, it really unnerved me where there's like a creature from from the Black Lagoon taking a bath. Like he's in okay. the bathtub, just like 
just like playing with bubbles and and I don't know why the idea of like opening the bathroom door and seeing the creature taking a bath like freaked me out so bad. <laughs> but I every time I was at my grandmother's house because her bathroom looked very similar to the bathroom in the movie, and she always kept the bathroom door like almost fully shut, like it was just cracked. Like if no one was in there, it was cracked. You know, if if someone was in there, it was closed. Mm-hmm. So like in the middle of the night, like when I'm sleeping over there, I'd have to go, you know, use the bathroom and I'd open that door and I'd always imagine seeing that fucking creature in the tub and it would like give me the heebie-jeebies. And I'm like, you know, I've seen it as an adult and I'm like, why did that unnerve me so much <laughs> as a child? Yeah, there's some weird movies like that where it's like there's some weird scene that just stands out as like being really, really creepy, which is why, like for me, through most of my childhood, I thought that the Children of the Corn the original movie was terrifying Mm -hmm. and it literally caused like a phobia where I didn't like being around like cornfields. I, especially at night. Oh, it always would creep me the hell out because all I can think about. Yeah, exactly. All I can think about is like he who walks behind the rose or whatever that guy's name is. Yep. Uh, (laughs) That's a hundred percent. It's scary. (laughs) And I remember there was this one time when I, when I was like, uh, must've been like 19 and I was driving home from my girlfriend's house, my now wife. And, uh, uh, she used to live way out in the country, in the countryside, right? We, we're, we're obviously we're uh, from Western New York, and she lived out in this like little middle of nowhere town called Lindenville. Mm-hmm. And I was driving back home at I don't know ten or eleven o'clock at night in my stupid little Ford Escort, and I was driving. I I found out later I was in this little town called uh, Jetto. And it's, but all these little towns are these like, you know, they got like a one stoplight kind of towns, you know, yep. and it's all farm country. Yeah. And my fucking car broke down and on the side of the road and it was like 1999 probably. And I didn't, I didn't have a cell phone and I literally went up to like some stranger's house and tried to knock on the door to like ask for help. And like nobody answered and I'm on the side of the road, like just having no idea what I'm doing, but like just futzing with the car, just trying to like, what if I poke this or poke that? Like, (laughs) you know, like, and eventually somebody drove by and, um, to help. And fortunately it was a guy who was a tow truck driver. He wasn't in his tow truck, but he was like, Oh, I'll, I'll be back. You know, but this guy towed me to his like little shop somewhere. And, we pull up to his like creepy little like house and on some farm <laughs> country and it's just like cornfields everywhere, just in every direction as far as you can see. And he like drives right into the cornfield and I'm like, what is going on? Like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm in this strange guy's truck. It's like almost midnight. He's driving straight into the cornfield and all I see is like, you know, headlights and red rear lights like shining on the, the stocks and I'm like freaking out. I'm like 19 and I'm going to piss myself like i'm grown up i swear <laughs> and, I, and, I i have a lindenville story as well but continue yeah anyway long story short he had like this little like you know shop at it was like on one of his like cleared out fields so he just had to drive past some of the corn but i was just overreacting and like freaking out <laughs> you know he was a super nice guy you know he gave me like a soda and like you know fixed turned out it was a pretty easy thing to fix so he just fixed it real quick and you know he didn't charge me for fixing it and just i got triple a to pay for the tow and it was like okay cool this you know like this this uh this misadventure you know worked out in the end you know the 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 kindness of you know rural strangers and it was it was turned out to be like a nice a nice thing and right. it was it was after that that i eventually decided i wanted to watch this movie again because i'm like why am i so creeped out by fucking cornfields in this stupid movie and of course i watched it as an adult and i'm like oh well this is dumb as hell <laughs> yep <laughs> I was like, 
movie is not even remotely scary. Like it's trying to be scary and it's failing so miserably. <laughs> Malachi. Oh God. He oh, wants was... you too, Malachi. <laughs> exactly. It was like comical because it was, it wasn't even a bad movie, like poorly made. It was just, it missed the mark on being a horror movie. Like it was so far off the target that it was like hilarious. Like, how did you screw up a horror movie so bad? You know, like, see, now, the, the thing that always sticks in my brain from that movie, like, I just, if someone mentions Children of the Corn, I hear this playing in my head every time, is the scene where Malachi is walking through the, uh, the, the city or the town with all the other children, and he's calling out for the Outlander. And it sounds like he has a mouthful of soup. He's like, Outlander, we have your woman. <laughs> and I laugh every time. It's like, dude, you got like a mouthful of soup or something. It doesn't sound right. But oh, man. I was going to say real quick, I, I know I've told this uh, story, I believe, on the Boogeyman's Closet. But coming back f- actually from, from your place when you lived in uh, Greece, mm-hmm. um, I was driving back after one of our, our comic sessions. And uh, it was like. God, like three or four in the morning and I'm, I'm driving through Lindenville. And at this point I am shaking a leg hard, like so <laughs> much fucking coffee that we had ingested. And I'm just like, I am not going to make it all the way home. I have to piss. I'm like, all right, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Just pull over to the side of the road and take a leak. So pull over to the side of the road, go around the side of my car. I'm like facing the cornfield and the ditch start pissing. <laughs> The corn starts moving. Now, I'm sure it was something like a raccoon or some kind of critter, but I didn't care at that point. It was three in the morning. The corn started moving near me. I started running. Dick still out, still pissing. (laughs) I ran around the side of the car. I pissed all down my leg, got in my car, and took off. So when I get home, (laughs) Jess is like, did you piss on yourself? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, gotta go, I gotta go clean up. <laughs> so, yes, the Children of the Corn, as stupid as it is, has definitely incited oh. that that fearful moment of being afraid of the corn at night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, these like, rural little towns always creep me out, too. And I don't want to keep belaboring the point, but there, there was another time when you and I were driving and we were just driving back when like gas was cheap and we would just mm-hmm. drive just to talk just because we were sick of sitting at Denny's and had nowhere else to go. And we would just drive and smoke and just talk about stories and comics and shit. Yep. And we were just cruising out uh, in the countryside, like, you know, just thinking like, whatever, we'll just drive out here for a little bit and then we'll turn back around. And so, yeah, we were driving and driving and driving. And I think at m- some point I must have been like, oh, like, oh, yeah, that's where you turn to like go to Lindenville down that way. And we were like, oh, well, shit, like that's kind of far from, you know, Niagara Falls. It's like almost an hour away. Shit, we better turn around. <laughs> and, yep. and, and we and you just pulled the first like, oh, here's a little side road. I'm just going to turn around right here. Like it's dark. There's no one around. I'll just, you know, <laughs> and you pull in. And it, as soon as the fucking uh, headlights made the turn, it was just nothing but like headstones because it was like a cemetery. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Just out of nowhere, just like creepy cemetery on this side of the road, and we were like, "Oh shit, <laughs> get the fuck out, get the fuck out, <laughs> reverse, reverse, let's go." <laughs> oh my god, I had completely forgotten about that. <laughs> we we're just being like unreasonably terrified of like a cemetery, <laughs> like 
Florida. <laughs> it, it was surprise cemetery. Like how yeah. often can one be like surprise cemetery? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Boom, dead people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shit was oh, scary. <laughs> but speaking of dead people, Ghostbusters. Hey. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good segue. <laughs> Yeah, so like I said, I just wanted to talk about Ghostbusters a little bit, and uh, and it's funny because it's not even like my favorite movie. Neither one of them, right? The first one or the second one. Neither one of them. It's my favorite movie. Probably not even close to my favorite movie. Not even my favorite like Bill Murray or Dan Aykroyd movie. But oh, yeah. there was something about Ghostbusters too that stuck in my head, and that's why I was like, oh, I'm gonna put it on my list, and I'm gonna pick it for you know my Patreon pick, and then, but I didn't because of that reason because it's like oh this isn't really my favorite movie and like I only get to pick like you know like one or maybe two a year and I want to make make it really good and do I really want to pick something silly um but then at the, but then of course I was watching the movie watching the first one watching the second one and just really enjoying the hell out of myself so I thought well what the fuck like I, you know why well, let's just get on here and talk about them and you know have a little fun with it and then I don't have to worry about it and I can you know pick something else <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so then, you know, of course, the to belabor the setup here, right? I was thinking, oh, this would be good, Mike. Like, we'll do a rental rant episode, and like, you take the first movie, and I'll take the second movie, and we'll have a debate. Like, we always talked about doing a debate, and we'll argue about which movie is better. And I'll take the, you know, hot take. Ghostbusters Two is a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was like easy win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, and I've seen both movies a bunch of times. You know, fucking hundred times each, probably. So I was like, but I'm gonna watch them again, right? They're on HBO Max right now. So I go to watch. I watch them both again. I watched that first movie, and I was like, wow, you know, I've seen this movie a hundred times, but. I don't think I ever really noticed like this detail or that detail. And I was like, oh, this is actually really good. You know, Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more than I ever really had before. Um, And then I go to watch Ghostbusters 2 right after it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Now now the fun is going to start. Like, this is this is going to be awesome. And I watched the movie and the whole time I'm just like, yeah, I think I picked the wrong horse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, part two suffers from a lot of. Uh, the tropes that we had in, in, well, in the eighties and the nineties of like of sequel films, you know, you, you have to have the whole thing of like, okay, the, the main character falls on hard times. So in our, in our case, the ghostbusters fall on hard times. No one believes in ghostbusting anymore. Like they're a joke. Everyone despises them. They got screwed over after they saved the city. Uh, then they have to have their redemption song. So, you know, they, they figure out the new thread and they come back as the, the, the saviors of the town. And then we have to be like, okay, what are the, the key points of the first movie? Like, what do they do in the first movie? So it's like, we have to up the ante. Well, there was a giant monster in the first movie. So we have to have a bigger monster in this yep. one, you know? So now we're going to have the statue of fucking Liberty come to life. And it's like, they, they have, it, it's, it's formulaic, but it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I am not here to, to shit on Ghostbusters too. Cause I like it. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that fucking hate it and think it's like, <laughs> One of the worst things that was ever committed to celluloid, but Aww. I I love it. I still think it's a great movie, but when you compare the two, I'm like, now wait a second. I love the first movie. Like, I would say the original Ghostbusters is probably, and I would say probably in my top 25 80s movies. Um, okay, yeah, because I mean, like, it's not really up at the top. But there's so much about it that has influenced, like, stuff that I like, you know, and, and like, sure, a, yeah. like my play patterns as a kid, 
um, art. Like a lot, there's a lot of design aspects of this movie that have, have found their way into my artwork. Um, a lot of the jokes I still quote. So it's like, there's still a lot of stuff that I really love from the first movie. Um, whereas the second movie, there's a lot of scenes I completely forgot about <laughs> that. I was like, when I rewatched, I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> But one quick thing I do want to comment on. This has nothing to do with anything other than it's just something I noticed. Fucking Reginald Vell Johnson is in the first Ghostbusters as a cop, which sent me down a rabbit hole. Because I'm like, does this guy okay. only ever play cops? Because he's Carl Winslow. He's freaking Al Powell in the Die Hard movies. And then I was like, and he's a police officer in this. And I looked him up. I'm like, this dude has just played a cop. In everything. <laughs> That's all he does. <laughs> he, he's a uh, fr- he's in in uh, Turner and Hooch. He's a cop, you know. <laughs> he's, he's in. That's like, weird. Uh, yeah. He's like he shows up like in so many TV shows and movies as a cop or a corrections officer or some type of like guy with a badge. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's really interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, except, well, you know, in Invincible, he's the school principal, though. <laughs> yes, that, that is true. That is true. God, I can't wait for the for the second season of that. Oh, yeah, um, it's going to be great. I've been going back and I've been trying to slowly reread through the whole comic book series. Um, well, I actually never finished it. Too. Yeah, another complete weird random side trail. Uh, <laughs> that'll probably be the title of the, this episode. Like, rabbit trail, here we go. <laughs> uh, no, it's like, yeah, I, I never ended up finishing the original Invincible comic book series. And it went from one of those series where I loved it so much that it was one of the only ones where I would buy the single issues and I would buy the trade paperbacks, like, full price the day they came out and i am normally like a bargain hunter you know discount bin diver you know uh buying shit used on ebay or whatever i don't like to pay full price for stuff and but i was just i had to i was all in on invincible and and the prequels like with brit and tech jacket and adam and eve or adam eve and hell i even got i even read the super patriot miniseries the savage dragon spinoff I actually read that first because it ties into Invincible rather than because it ties into Savage Dragon because I was like years <laughs> behind, you know. Uh, right. But then at some point I just fell off of it because there was like too many spinoffs. There was like Wolfman and Guardian of the Globe and whatever. And it was like it got to a point where it was like I just wasn't keeping up anymore. And then when the show came out, I was like, oh, damn, like I never finished it. Uh, so now I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna go back to the beginning and read everything in chronological order, all the spinoffs and everything. And I'm like 15 books in. And I, I don't regret it, but it's like, I don't think I'm going to finish like 25 more before this season comes out. <laughs> I do have to say, though, that first season was really good. Like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really, really good. I just don't want the show to spoil anything that might have happened in the comic, because I know that, like, I've read well past where season one ended, and I probably read past where season two likely will end. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I don't want the show to, you know, the timeline could be weird. You know, they could yeah. pull, pull from different storylines and I don't want the show to ruin something for me that I didn't get to read in the book yet. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about like Game of Thrones, like the freaking Song of Ice and Fire book series isn't even finished yet. But in my head, I'm like, well, I've seen the end of the show. So I'm like, I'm good. Like I got the end, you know? Right, right. <laughs> even even though I know that the ending of the book is going to be different, it, ha- it has to be uh, just based on, you know, the way that the story diverged in the show. Um, 
but at the same time, and even though I've read the books like two or three times each, I absolutely love them. I'm like, like obsessed with them. But then knowing kind of like where it goes, I'm like, hmm, okay, I guess. Like, I mean, I'll still read the book when it, when it eventually comes out, but like oh, I'm, yeah. not as, I'm not as interested anymore, you know? Yeah, and that's that's also a product of how long it's been. Like, I mean, that that happens to me with with films and vi- well, video games in particular. That happens to me a lot with where it's like I'll be chomping at the bit for a sequel, and then it keeps getting pushed back and keeps getting put, and then it'll eventually come out, and I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't care anymore. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I know that happened with with fucking uh, Duke Nukem Forever because uh, there was Duke Nukem 3D back in the 90s, and I couldn't wait for the next Duke Nukem game. And then it kept getting pushed back and kept, and finally came out in like 2010. And I'm just like, it was like 20 years ago. I don't fuck dare anymore. Yeah, um, right. And then like now they're finally releasing Dead Right or Dead Island 2 this year. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was supposed to come out in 2014. <laughs> uh, it, I, I don't know if I really care enough to play it. <laughs> you know? so, <sighs> yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go down the the George R. R. Martin side trail again <laughs> either. But like, yeah. it's been 12 years since the last book came out. There's supposed to be two more. And like I even went back and read the series over again, or actually I listened to the audiobook um, because I was like I was so convinced that based on you know some things he's talked about on online that like well he's probably close at least, and it's a long series. Like, it's only four or five books, but like the books are gigantic. So if I'm going to listen to the audiobook series, like I better get started, you know, and I'll just pace myself until the book comes out. So I started in 2020. One of my like quarantine projects is when I was home working from home. So I started like biking and walking every day and listening to the, my audiobook since I didn't have a commute anymore. And I got through the whole series and that was two years ago and there's still like no book on the horizon. And it's like the whole point was to have everything fresh in my head when the book came out. So I wouldn't be like confused after 12 years. <laughs> uh, now I gotta go back and keep reminding myself like, wait, what was going on? Right. <laughs> but anyway, so speaking of a long time between sequels, I mean, this was the eighties Ghostbusters came out in 1984 and the sequel didn't come out until 1989. I mean, five years. Well, I think, Am I wrong in assuming that's kind of a long time for an 80s sequel? Wouldn't yeah, you think? I, I feel like I feel like for any sequel, honestly, like when when you're getting when you're passing three years, I feel like it's it's a long time. Um, you know, now granted, it's not that it can't work, you know, but usually you kind of strike while the iron's hot. And in many cases, like sequels were a year to two later. Um, like they were already working on the sequel, you know, but but there are yeah. some, some examples of franchises where it's like the sequels were like every handful of years. Um, but yeah, like looking back, like obviously the Friday the 13th movies, it was like every other year there was a, a Friday the 13th movie up until Jason goes to hell. And then they were like, oh, we fucked up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, we fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but even though that's a great movie, but that's that's for another show. Go listen to the Boogeyman's Closet for that one. Um, plug. plug. <laughs> but yeah i mean like you know nightmare on elm street it was the same thing um police academy it was like th- those oh, yeah. sequels came out fast and furious i don't think there was a lot of time between Die Hard one and two but i could be wrong i know lethal weapon was pretty quick yeah uh, up until part four i think part four there was a little bit of a, a gap mm. between three and four but yeah i mean for the most part it, it, five years is kind of a long time but then even worse was you know how long it took to get to any more things ghostbusters like because we didn't get the reboot until what was it 2015 or 2016 and then we got the sequel uh just a couple years ago like that the uh, afterlife 
Um, yeah, yeah. When did Afterlife come out? It was wait, was that twenty twenty one? I think twenty twenty one because it was supposed yeah. to come out before the pandemic, and then the pandemic slowed everything down. Yeah, it was twenty twenty one. I just looked it up. Yeah, I mean that's a huge gap. So like, if you don't count the uh, answer the call movie with like Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, I mean that's a pretty huge gap. That's nineteen eighty nine to twenty sixteen. Like, geez, like that. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> And apparently most of that was Bill Murray. Like he was because from what I understand now, I didn't do a lot of research on this, but this is stuff I've read about in the past. I know Dan Aykroyd was trying to get the the movie off the ground for ages. And he had this whole thing where it was like, um, I guess the, the plot of the video game that came out on Xbox and PlayStation several years ago uh, was like the original plot for part three. And I think it was like something like the Ghostbusters fighting hell. Like there was some, <laughs> okay. there was some kind of crazy thing with like the, the gates of hell opening or something. Um, but yeah, like it, it, Aykroyd had been trying to get it off the ground forever. And I know, um, you know, like it, it just it could never he could never get it to work, you know. So uh, like and apparently Bill Murray was a big reason for that. But, you know, you pay people enough money and they'll finally agree. So, right. or just trick him into signing a contract like with Garfield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like it, it is, it is a shame. Cause one of the things I walked away, uh, after this rewatch of these movies is I walked away realizing, realizing how much I miss Harold Ramis. Like, yeah, that guy was awesome. Like I love him as Egon. He's so damn funny. Like he's, he's honestly, he's my favorite character always has been. Um, but again, I'm like Harold Ramis in so many great eighties comedies. Like I always think of stripes when I think of him. Oh um, yeah. Like, oh, he's just, he was so good. And to not have him around anywhere, like, I ain't even going to try to try to pretend like, have you seen afterlife? I have not actually. Okay. I won't, I won't run it then, but just like the callbacks, there were, mm. were quite a few that got, they, they hit me in the field. So I'm like, mm, damn it. <laughs> I miss them. <laughs> And that, that was actually the other reason why I sort of chickened out on wanting to talk about Ghostbusters 2 is I was like, I haven't seen Afterlife yet. I saw the 2016 one, um, but I hadn't seen Afterlife yet. And it's I just don't watch a lot of movies anymore in general. You know, we talked about this on other episodes where it's like there's only so much free time that exists, yeah. right, between work and family and like – comics are like my thing. That's like where, how I like to spend most of my like time and money and like commitment. So I actually decided last year that I really wanted to start spending more of my time reading and spend less time watching TV and watching movies. Cause even though there's a ton of TV shows out there that I've been dying to get to, I haven't even seen like house of Dra- the dragon yet, or I haven't even seen a fucking Watchmen TV show yet. And I have a Watchmen tattoo, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's on my <laughs> list, you know, um, same thing with movies. I have a huge list of movies and it's like, every time I sit down, it's like, all right, well, let's watch the next one on the list. And, uh, yeah, I just, afterlife is on there, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But whereas like when I read comics, it's like every day I'm thinking about what I'm going to read that day where, you know, not that I'm like reading instead of doing more important things, but it's more of like literally every like morning, it's like part of my routine. I'm drinking some coffee. I'm like, okay, what am I going to read before work? You know? And then I'll read something and it's like, okay, fine. So now I know what I'll, what I'll read later after work. I'll read this comic or that book, or maybe it's time to tackle that real big, huge omnibus today. I don't know. We'll see what kind of time I have, you know? And it's like, but I don't think about movies in that same, in that way to me, movies is like, Oh, I got some time. Yeah, sure. Let's put something on, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, I know you with the, with boogeyman's closet, 
that like you i'm sure you probably have to like schedule your movie time <laughs> oh right? dear god yeah like yeah. no seriously like this i i was doing that before we started like i was going okay like so we're recording recording this i'm like we gotta record critters on tuesday uh, i still have to finish editing ghoulies so i was like okay so during the downtime at work tonight like when i'm eating my lunch finish editing ghoulies then start watching critters and start making my notes then tomorrow after I finish recording Count Creepyhead <laughs> and I got to go to work, like maybe I can finish watching the movie there. <laughs> so like, cause yeah, I, I would say uh, for Boogeyman's Closet for every, every film that we cover double the time at the very least for me to get through it with my notes. Um, so if a movie is like an hour and a half, it's going to be three hours at the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, and I know that you sometimes watch them like two and three times, right? Yeah, like there's quite a few times, like especially if it's a movie I haven't seen. So like for for uh, you know for one of our upcoming movies uh, for for your Patreon pick, actually, it's a movie I haven't seen. Uh, so I will watch that once just to kind of like absorb it, and then the second watch I will put on and do all my notes. Um, mm -hmm. And then sometimes, like if it's, if there's a gap between like when we're gonna record and when I finish doing my notes, I'll kind of put it on again, passively watch it while I'm doing other stuff to kind of refresh my memory. Um, you know, just because yeah. sometimes like scenes will kind of get jumbled in my head. It's like, wait, let me just make sure I have the right order. Uh, but yeah, like with something like Critters, where I've unfortunately seen it plenty of times. Um, <laughs> I say unfortunately because I'm not a fan. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? We talked about that on this uh, this show. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm sure that one I could probably go through pretty quick. Um, Ghoulies was one of those ones I thought would be a super fast one, but it's been so long since I had watched it that I was forgetting a lot of stuff. So I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that was in this, and I forgot that was in this. So mm. I, there was a lot of like moments of me rewinding and being like, wait, what did they just say? Like, what was that? <laughs> so, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, scheduling free time is is rough like i just got done working seven days in a row i'm actually going in again tonight but i, I worked seven days in a row and then i had two days off and on those two days off it was like okay we have plans with uh friends for it was steve's birthday was recently so we a few of us met up at the walmart yesterday um so it was like all right i know saturday night i have stuff i gotta do <laughs> and i'm like friday i promised jess i would i would make dinner so it's like i went out and got stuff to cook and it was like you know, make dinner and all that. I wanted to sit down and watch a movie as a family, but like Caleb wanted to play games on his Xbox with his friends. So I was like, all right, you go do that. And then Jess was like falling asleep because she had a long day. So I'm like, all right, you go to bed. I'll watch Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And part of it with me too, is that, uh, is that Christina, when she's home, she like binge watches shows. So she's like, um, you know, hogging the living room with, with like the good TV, you know? Right. And it's like, yeah, I have my laptop and I have my iPad and we have another TV upstairs, a smaller one. So it's not like I'm starved for like places to watch movies, but I generally tend to like to watch them in the comfort of my own living room, you know? Yeah. And I have an open concept living room and kitchen. So it's really easy for me to get up and like go to the kitchen, get a drink, whatever snack. And I don't have to stop the movie because I just, you know, I walk backwards <laughs> into the kitchen while I'm watching the movie and, I'm good to go. And it's just my, it's, it's, it's how I like to do it. Um, and I'm okay watching something on a smaller screen, like on my iPad in the library. But usually when I have my iPad out, I can't help but like, uh, well, there was that one issue that I was supposed to read. So I better go read that online real quick while I have the time. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, so I usually just end up reading because I'll read digital comics on my iPad and then I'll sit in the library that has the most comfortable chairs outside of the living room. And it's a library. It's full of books and all the comics are right there. And I usually end up choosing that instead of watching a movie. So I get super behind on stuff. But I also own like 500 books that I haven't read yet. You know, they're comics. They're not all like super long. But still, I'm like, why did I buy all this stuff? Like, I got to read it, you know? (laughs) Right. See, now that that exact same thing happens to me uh, at work a lot when I have time to, like, sit back and actually, you know, watch something that I want to watch versus something that I have to watch for preparation for a show, which don't get me wrong. A lot of the times I want to watch those, too. But because of the way I watch it, where I'm start, stop, start, stop to, like, make my notes, it's not as enjoyable as just sitting and watching a program. Uh, But a lot of times where I'm like, I open up my iPad and be like, all right, it's quiet at work. I actually have free time. Like I'm all caught up on everything. I like I got I got no other work I got to do unless phone calls come in. Let me watch something. I cannot nice, tell yeah. you how many times I've been like, you know, I have those digital comics I want to check. And I would start reading comics like I just did that. Uh, what was it? Um, we were talking about this on, on uh, Jason Goes to Hell. I mm. had I had time. And what did I do? I chose to go read the old tops comics, of, <laughs> you know, Friday the 13th or Jason Goes to Hell. Um and I did that the other night with, uh, what is it, Moonshine by Brian Azzarello. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah, I got time to read that. Let me go read that. Um, so, you know, I just read the first issue. But, uh, but yeah, that'll happen, or I'll be like, I have free time. I should really, you know, catch up on the podcast stuff, but I want to draw. <laughs> and I'll start to draw, you know. And so if free time, having enough free time to do all the stuff you want to do is always a problem. But um, the other thing I was going to say is is at home, I always have the juggle of, okay, I have two days off. I want to spend time with the family. I want to do podcasting stuff. I want to do art stuff. Like, I want to catch up on all my stuff because I have downtime. But I also really want to play video games. And, like, because that's the thing. Like, I'm not a huge gamer, but I love playing video games still. So, like, this weekend, um, I was determined to get some time in to play Seven Days to Die with my, my friend Danielle. And uh, we ended up playing for way too long because we really got into it. And I was like, holy crap, it's six in the morning. We got to stop playing because <laughs> like, we've been playing for like four and a half hours straight. Um, but yeah, then like I, I got a bunch of games uh, for Christmas on Steam and I'm like, I really want to play these. So, you know, and I mentioned the Ghostbusters video game. That is a game that has been on my list of games to play for years and I've never gotten to it. So, but back to Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were talking about Ghostbusters, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. See, now, I, I want to say about the first movie. Like, I, I absolutely adore the first movie and will argue that it is a great comedy. It's very funny. All of the weird psycho babble that we get from Ray and Egon is fucking hilarious. Like, it's just it, the way that they're like, they play, they play it so straight. Like, everybody in the room knows what they're talking about. It's always funny to watch them play it. Um, but I will say there are moments in that movie that scared the fuck out of me as a kid. And still to this day, there's that little bit of nostalgic fear. The uh, the ghost librarian. When oh, she yeah. Does, when she like goes, you know, does the whole big thing as a kid that terrified me. And even as an adult, like seeing that puppet, I'm like, that's pretty damn creepy looking. <laughs> but the one that gets me bad is the zombie cab driver. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. He's so fucking creepy. And like when I was watching it just, you know, the other night, you know, it's it's playing that music was a magic by I forget the the artist's name, but it's got that like creepy, like 
kind of like almost synth music in the background. Mm-hmm. And then it like pans into that zombie puppet. And I'm just like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> like, I don't, it's, it's that's a good one. Yeah. Well, and see, that's a good, I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's actually one of the reasons why I like the second movie so much is because I think the production value was a lot higher. They probably had a better budget. I didn't I didn't bother to look it up, you know, even though IMDb exists, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the special effects are great. The, the ghosts look awesome. I love the like nanny ghost that like flies out of the sky and like picks up like baby Oscar off the ledge of the building. <laughs> the, the, the one that's um, oh, what's his name? The. The why am I covered with goo? Um, yeah, Janosch. Janosch. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's 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 Janosch as a nanny. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's, I love yeah. See, and the other thing too, you mentioned quote like yeah. I think people quote the second movie a lot more than they even realize because yeah, people say say <laughs> stuff like that in our friend group. It's always you know why am I covered with goo? Like <laughs> <laughs> literally anytime goo comes up. Yeah, all the time. Oh man, <laughs> but yeah, I love the special effects in the second movie. Um, you know, even with the like walking Statue of Liberty, like I think it looks great for 1989. Like oh, they did a absolutely. really good job with it. You know, and I said the ghosts, I think all look really great. I love the two guys who. Uh, like when the judge gets really mad and the ghost ah, yeah. guys he sent to the chair, like the Scolari brothers, like when yep. they come out, like I think the special effects are great. And I think as a, so as a kid, I watched this movie the, in the theater. It was one of the, not the first movies I ever saw by myself, but probably one of them. When I say by myself, I mean without my parents, but also without my brother. I, I mm-hmm. don't believe that he was with me, and he'll probably listen to this and be like, no, no, you're stupid for remembering that wrong. But I remember <laughs> going to see it by myself at the Four Seasons Theater in Niagara Falls, and I didn't see the first one in the, in the theater. So I'm sure that there's probably some nostalgic you know, connection. I was nine years old, and I had that like Bobby Brown soundtrack <laughs> and you know, great-looking uh, monsters, and I thought it was really funny. And as a kid, you know, I was totally into the – you know, the, the goo that like dances to the music, you know, and yep. you know, <laughs> the river of slime looks fucking great, you know, oh, and, there, that. and there are some like genuinely like creepy scenes, like when, uh, when they're in that like, uh, old, uh, tunnel under the city and like, there's that ghost train, like, Ooh, like, you know, as a kid, that one got me pretty bad too. Um, yeah. and the, so the it's fucking a, heads on pikes. Oh God. Yeah. But I think the argument that I would have made uh, up until recently is that, you know, yes, the production value is better. Yes, I think that the in general, the, the ghosts are better. Oh, when the Titanic comes to the dock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Friggin' Cheech Marin is like, well, better late than never. <laughs> I love that he's in that. Most of the ghosts, they feel more cartoonish, which is kind of like, I personally prefer that look like I love the mm-hmm. look of, of the Scolari brothers. Um, and again, I, I know they're all puppets, you know, I, I mm-hmm. like it's that's it, I wish that more movies would do that. Do the do the puppet and then however you want to, like, make it look ghostly, do that. But it's oh, there's such good looking puppets. But there are parts in part two that bug the shit out of me. Like the fact that Slimer's driving a bus for some reason. <laughs> yes, there's 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 so many stupid things. The the painting at the end of all of them, you know, <laughs> after saving Baby Oscar, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like there are moments like that, and I I have to say, like they defeat the bad guy with Bukaki. <laughs> like, they literally shoot whitish slime all over his face <laughs> until he goes away. Yeah. 
Bay Bukaki the bad guy. Like, I know, right? They couldn't even color it pink. Like, it was pink slime. Like, what? what did they, I don't know. <laughs> Why did it look so white? I know. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say before is, like, I, the argument that I would have made other than the production value is that I think that the story was clearer. It was simpler. It was a better villain. Like, Vigo the Carpathian is a much more um, effective and, like, memorable villain than – um, you know, was it Gozer, right? From the oh, first yeah, movie? Yeah, Gozer. Gozer um, the Traveler. That's it, right? Yeah. So, so I have to even stop and think about, like, wait, what was the name? Um, and I think that, again, that's kind of like supports my argument that I thought Vigo the Carpathian was a much better villain. He's creepy, has this presence in the, you know, the way he's, he sort of controls Janos. Um, but then again, watching the movie again, and I'm like, man, that argument makes no sense. It doesn't hold any water. Like my, that's why my, my argument is so deflated, not only for the reasons that you just said, right. Where it's like, Oh damn. Like, uh, you guys seeing what I'm seeing with, with this, uh, you know, white shit all over the dude's face, but also like the, the, the painting was creepy, but like in general, the effects don't look as good. The makeup when he turns into like the demon doesn't look as good. And his plot is fucking dumb it's dumb as hell like you're you're gonna steal some random baby to like have a body but then he like jumps into ray's body so easily in that one scene when he takes over ray that it's like right. well you could have taken anybody's body why do you need this one baby that happens to be the 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 child of the friend of the ghostbusters like that's like the most inconvenient plot device i've ever heard you know <laughs> exactly. like you're in new york city there's millions of babies steal a different one take janos's body i mean whatever like why do you care about this baby so much and the whole movie f- completely fell apart for me and i'm like Damn it, why did I watch this critically? Now it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, see, and that is something we've discussed on the Boogeyman's Closet so many times, where you're watching a movie, and you're like, oh, I loved this movie when I was younger. And then you watch it critically, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And see, and the first movie I would have always told you was stupid. Like, yeah, Rick Moranis turns into a dog. haha. Like, that's dumb, you know? And, like, Gozer doesn't fucking do anything. And they there's a giant marshmallow monster. Like, why did Gozer bring the marshmallow monster? Like, what was the point of all that? Like, it's goofy and silly. And then, But then I watch it again, and I'm like, it actually makes a lot of sense. You know, like, Jesus, it makes so much more sense. Like, the special effects actually look really good with those, like, demon dogs. It was actually really creepy when Rick, Rick Moranis is being chased through the city trying to hide in the restaurant. <laughs> oh and the dog's God. chasing him. Like, that was, like, creeping me out, you know? As, as a kid, that scene terrified. I used to cover my eyes because, mm-hmm. like, it scared me so bad as a kid when he was getting chased by, by the dog. Um, but one thing I will say as a child that never clicked until I was like maybe, I don't know, 13, 14, is the whole gatekeeper keymaster bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I didn't realize, you know, I'm four or five years old watching this just being like, yay, Ghostbusters, not yeah. realizing they're all talking about fucking. And <laughs> exactly. Lewis was going to fuck that horse. I'm just going to say it. He was mm-hmm. going to fuck that damn horse because he was like, are you the gatekeeper? He was yeah. ready to fuck a horse. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. He was, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of that like sexual undertone in the first movie. And like, it was the eighties. So they didn't really hide it a whole lot. You know, everybody no. is talking about sex and smoking a lot. And, you know, and it's like, they just don't really care that it's supposed to be like a family friendly movie, but they did have a lot of like, you know, subcon uh, subtext. And it was, yeah, to your point, exactly right. You know, and how like when uh, when Sigourney Weaver gets, you know, possessed and she's like, you know, are you the key master? And like she, <laughs> she's trying to get it in like hard, exactly. you know, <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> oh my god! And you know what fucked with me too is as a kid seeing this because I I saw I've talked about this on other shows before. I saw Alien at a very young age, and I had a huge like lifelong crush on Sigourney Weaver. I still do to this day. But seeing her in in Ghostbusters where she's doing the there is no Dana only Zool, I'm like I don't like her as much anymore. <laughs> it fucked with me. But, well, and, and then there's that scene, like, again, speaking of, like, you know, sexual subtext, there's that scene where, like, uh, they cut away from it, but when Bill Murray is at, you know, her apartment and she's, like, floating off the bed, and then, I forget how, what, what he says on the phone exactly, but it's, like, there was, like, a period of about a half an hour, and we was, like, yeah, you know, we were doing stuff, you know, it's, like, he's totally, <laughs> he's totally like, make, take, taking advantage of the situation, and then... There was that weird sequence where, like, Ray has that dream about the ghost, like, going down on him. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that that's from a cut scene where they actually had a sequence where they went to, like, this haunted building and they were, like, staying there. And so, like, in the original version, that actually happened. And then they changed it to a dream sequence because they cut the whole, like, haunted building sequence out of the movie, <laughs> you know. And they just bookended it with, like, the, the two scenes from the montage of them, like, sleeping in the firehouse to make it seem like it was a dream but right. it wasn't originally supposed to be and i'm like this is, you know this is kind of like a raunchy script for like a family movie <laughs> right. but well, it works you know and that's the thing though you get a bunch of guys from snl and, and like you know second city and all that like get these guys together to make a comedy of course there's going to be some fucked up stuff in it you know and uh, originally um i do believe winston was supposed to be played by eddie murphy like when they, yeah. they originally wrote it yeah, so, it was a much bigger role. Like he was there was originally it was four Ghostbusters rather than three who then hire somebody, you know. Right. But yeah, Eddie Murphy didn't want to do it. I do I do like the route that they went though. I like the fact that Winston is kind of like the everyman. He's like he's our character, like into their mm -hmm. world. Because like when we meet all three of them, it's like obviously uh Venkman is the you know, the hard ass, like making fun of everything, but he's also still a scientist. And then you got friggin' Egon and, and Ray, and they're both just constant techno babble. Like they're they're way the fuck out there. Um, so when you get Winston, he's just like, yeah, I love the line is like, if you pay, if there's a paycheck in it, I'll believe whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I was like, yes, I like Winston. I relate to Winston. <laughs> yeah, and before you mentioned that Egon was your favorite character, and actually Winston's my favorite character for those very reasons, because he's just like the regular Joe who's yeah. like seeing it from the outside and he's buying into it, but at the same time, you know, he doesn't believe any of this shit. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> I really get the impression that he doesn't, even with the Gozer stuff at the end, like clearly demonstrating that there is supernatural hijinks going on he doesn't really really believe i think until the second movie when he's in that like underground subway with like the ghost train <laughs> and like the river of slime like it's like there was still a part of him that was like yeah that was a fluke you know yeah. <laughs> so, you know in part to that particular scene i remember as a kid it really creeped me out when they're going hello hello do the and then he's like he goes hey and then it goes winston i was like no nope, i don't like <laughs> yep. any of that I'm out of here. I'm out. See ya. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And, and can we just appreciate, like, what an amazing, like, douchebag William Atherton is in, like, everything, you oh, know? I was <laughs> going to say he always plays Walter Peck. Like, yes. I love it. He's always that douche. He's that villain when he shows up on screen and you're supposed to hate him and you do, but you're just like, oh, give it to me, baby. Give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That that is his role in film. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, I was going to mention uh, Stranger Things, but I'm going to mention it now for a different reason, which is that's actually why Billy is my favorite character from Stranger Things out of every season. I love Billy specifically in season two because he's such an exquisite asshole throughout that whole season <laughs> that it's like, oh, I love it. It's like chef's kiss. Such a great role. The actor just nails it because everybody hates that character like with their soul. And I'm like, that's why it's so good. Like, yeah. oh, it's amazing. I love it so good. And I just I love his look and the way he talks and his whole like, you know, hair metal, like ladies man, you know, no shirt, chain smoking, like machismo nonsense with his car. Like, I love that how perfect that character is. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the first Ghostbusters came out in 1984 and it was just later that same year, apparently that Ghostbusters or that Stranger Things season two happened, speaking of which. And yeah, that's when like, you know, our, our main crew in Stranger Things, they dress up as the Ghostbusters for Halloween that year. Um, so, you know, clearly Ghostbusters was like a, you know, it was like a phenomenon at the time. Right. Which is like, oh, yeah. that's, that's gotta be so weird because it's this weird horror comedy. It's like a silly slapstick movie about, you know, shooting ghosts with like laser guns that are very phallic, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> And there's lots of these weird, like, sexual undertones. Like, it's such a strange idea for a movie. And for it to be such a big hit is, like, I, I, you can't catch lightning like that in jars anymore. You know? yeah. well, and I also have to, to have to make a mention is, like, I don't think this was originally aimed at, like, family friendly. I think it was just, like, here's a comedy by some SNL people. Mm -hmm. And it just it was much like so many things in the 80s. Parents just took their kids to see this shit. Like. I, yeah. We we know RoboCop was not aimed at children, but enough oh, children no. saw it that they made a cartoon and a, and a toy line. You know, same thing with Rambo. Like, Rambo is clearly not meant for kids. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's about a man, like, falling apart with PTSD. Um, right. But we got a cartoon and a toy line. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> because, yeah. again parents took their kids to see these movies yeah yeah rambo was like he was one of those characters where it's like everybody knew about rambo even if he hadn't seen the movie right it yeah. was he was like jason Voorhees. everyone in the 80s knew that you know the a hockey mask means like a killer in the woods even if you were too young to have seen the movies you know if you if your parents weren't like our parents who just let us see whatever the fuck we wanted you know? <laughs> it's like that that collective conscious thing you know but but no, like with, with Ghostbusters, I really don't think that they planned for it to be this big phenomena that it was, which is probably why Ghostbusters 2 was so soft peddled in comparison to the first one. Like, you know, by the time part two came out, it was like, OK, like we have Ghostbusters toys. We have a Ghostbusters cartoon. There's a video game on Nintendo. Like everybody loves Ghostbusters. You know, I mean, the freaking freaking Ghostbusters theme song was played all over the place. Oh yeah. So when, when part two came along, it's like, we have to aim this like more family friendly, which they took out a lot of the overt jokes. And it was, it was a lot of stuff was more soft pedaled. You yeah, know, there was, there was still sure. some raunchy comedy, but it was kind of hidden. You know. Yeah, it was much sillier. You know, again, they were having fun with the music and with the weird montage. And yeah, I, I agree. You know, and so in retrospect, if I had to pick one of these movies to watch, I probably would pick the first one now. You know, I think mm -hmm. that probably would be my go to. Like, I'm just going to have fun with a Ghostbusters flick. You know, and, you know, for the last 30 years, I would have told you it was the second one. Like, hands down, there's not even an argument. Of course, the second one is more fun. And again, it's not always about which movie is better, like, objectively, but just the, which one am I going to enjoy the most when I put right. it on? You know, it's like, and, and, I, and as a, you know, child of the VHS era, you know, we have 
all of these like stupid comfort food movies that we love. You know, I put stuff on in the background all the time. You know, like, am I going to put Young Guns 2 on in the background instead <laughs> of Young Guns 1? Of course I am, because Young Guns 2 is a more fun movie. The first yep. one is dark as hell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're both awesome, but yeah, part two is way more fun. <laughs> yeah, it's just more fun. It's just, you know, it's, it's they clearly were going for, let's just get more butts in the seats to enjoy this hit. So you got to take out all that dark stuff where you kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, but, we've gone on pretty long here, uh, and I didn't really have the intention of like going down all those like crazy like side trails like we always do. But hey, like that's the show, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, one more rabbit trail I want to go down is uh, the Ghostbusters cartoon. Now, were you a fan of that as a kid? Like, did you watch the real Ghostbusters? I did. I watched both versions of the Ghostbusters cartoon. There was the Ghostbusters one that was like based on that other like TV property that was like a mm-hmm. gorilla and some shit in it. And then there was the real Ghostbusters. I liked them both. I think I liked the real Ghostbusters better than the other one, but I thought they were both a ton of fun. Oh yeah. See, now I definitely like the real Ghostbusters more, even though it's, I, I think it's kind of a slap in the face that they called themselves the real Ghostbusters because, you know, technically the other one was the real Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. It came they were first. the original Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause yeah, it was, it was that old TV show and which they, they, I, now I'm sure I, I probably have the details wrong. So I'm just going to say this out of like upfront um, listeners. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe when, uh, when the movie was coming out, they optioned the, the license to use the name, the Ghostbusters for the film from the people who owned the name, the Ghostbusters who made the, the old show. Well, then it was this huge phenomena blew up was all, you know, it was, it was great. They, you know, everyone was happy. It brought attention to the old show again and they were going to do a cartoon. So this was with filmation, I believe. So they were planning on doing the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Ghostbusters cartoon. Well, then, you know, so, uh, was it Sony who, who owns the Ghostbusters? Oh, who knows? These movie yeah, properties I, change hands so many times <laughs> over the years. I forget who originally owned them. Probably but Columbia. Yeah, so, somebody had, like, whoever it was that originally had them, they basically had found, like, some kind of fucking loophole where it was, like, because they were supposed to pay so much money uh, to the, the original owners um, for, for the film. Well, they didn't pay it out because they did their movie math where it was, like, Oh, well, after advertisement and, you know, paying the actors and paying this and paying that, it's like we actually didn't make any money when you when you really look at it. So they didn't pay them for what they owed. So Mm -hmm. they were like, fuck it. You're not allowed to use our name anymore. Well, they found some kind of legal loophole and were able to transfer the name to another property, which is the real Ghostbusters. And just as a slap in the face to the people who owned it, they called it the real Ghostbusters. And it's like. That's a super dick move. <laughs> like, yeah, but, it is. They were, you know, it was definitely, and I remember the way I remember it, it was that there was some like handshake deal, right? If you have from yeah. the head of the studio who like knew the guy who owned the rights to the other show. And because they were both like in, you know, the film TV industry, but so this handshake deal, but then, yeah, when they went to go make the cartoon, they, it was, it was sort of the situation where they were like, well, we're going to make a shitload of money, so just let them sue us. Like, whatever. If they sue us, they sue us. Like, who cares? Like, we're either going to get out of it or we'll pay it out. And it's like, we're still going to have the most popular cartoon on TV. We'll put out the toy line, and they can't stop us from doing it because we're a huge company with a bunch of lawyers. So they can sue us if they want to. You know? And it's like, that's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's 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 dirty pool. But, you know, I will say, as far as the cartoon goes, 
I absolutely fucking loved the cartoon. And just uh, a side note, I think it's funny that the guy who voiced Venkman in the cartoon also voiced Garfield in the cartoon, but in the live action movies, Garfield was voiced by Bill Murray, who played Venkman. So just kind of funny (laughs) little little tie there. But yeah, yeah, the, the original cartoon, like that was one of the first reasons that I became obsessed with the idea of the boogeyman was from the boogeyman episode of the, the Ghostbusters. Um, oh, like, okay, yeah. I, I absolutely loved that idea, and I, I thought it was such a creepy concept, which, of course, you know, as I got older, I started reading more and more about, like, boogeyman-type stories and, like, you know, the idea of a boggart and, you know, like, like the the bogeyman mm. and, all the, like, all the different <laughs> yeah. versions. Like, I, I thought it was very interesting of having this creature that fed on your fear, um, but yeah, it was because of that that cartoon that I first started started down my my long love affair with the boogeyman. <laughs> oh, that makes a lot of sense too. And I'm picturing that character. I I just googled it, and I'm like, yep, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> makes a lot of sense based on what I know about you and the kind of stuff you like to write and draw and like your style. I'm like, yep, <laughs> yes, that's, that's one of those like <laughs> core memories right there. <laughs> yep. And it's funny too because like I remember watching the episode and it scared the crap out of me. Like, I, I thought he was so damn spooky looking like that weird giant head of his with all the teeth. I'm like, ah. yeah, for sure. Oh, God, that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I think this is a this has been a pretty fun conversation. Like, I liked having a chance to talk about the movies. And I went into this thinking that we were going to do this kind of debate, like I said, at the beginning and kind of get into all the details. And I had all these notes written down of like, here's we're going to go through the cast and the plot and, you know, kind of a boogeyman's closet esque approach you know to kind of introducing the movies to the to our audience listening to this show and then you know have a little debate about it but i'm actually pretty happy with this this conversation that we've had you know with with, with all of the rabbit trails and, <laughs> uh and and all that kind of stuff i think it's interesting and i hope that people listening are interested in these types of approaches so that as much as I love the improv storytelling and I would do it every episode, you know, and if hell, if we had the time, if we had, you know, rich daddy or rich uncle to give us some money, I'd do it every day, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it's nice to have conversations about other topics sometimes and, you know, just give the improvs a break. And so if you're listening to this and you like this type of show, like, let us know, right. Drop us a line. You can find all the information about our show um, at raisedbyrentals.com. The social medias are all linked there, but it's all Raised by Rentals everywhere on YouTube, Instagram, you name it. And you can find some more cool projects at redpantheon.com, like Comics Boost, which you'll find on Instagram, where I like to spotlight crowdfund campaigns for comic book projects. Just make sure you spell comics with an X if you want to come check out some of these cool indie projects. What about you, Mike? You got anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I mean, check out the Boogeyman's Closet, also on Rad Pantheon, uh, where we cover new horror movies every week. Um, or, I'm sorry, a different horror movie every week. Not new. We, t- we very rarely cover brand new movies. Um, but yeah, right now we are wrapping up our little month of Little Monsters, and then we are moving into a month of uh, Black Director Horror Films uh, for Black History Month for February. And there's, there's some really interesting ones on the list that... Uh, I'm really looking forward to covering uh, one in particular. I'm just going to go ahead and shout it out is Demon Knight. Uh, one yes. of my all, all time favorite 90s horror films. I love Tales from the Crypt. Anyone who knows me, that's my favorite television show of all time. And uh, Demon Knight is one of those movies I could watch over and over and over and never get sick of. It's so damn good. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And also uh, Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash, uh, where three grown man children bitch about toys and pop culture. 
So check that out, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you like this episode where we just kind of rambled on about pop culture stuff, definitely <laughs> check out Count Creepyhead because you'll like that as well. Um, but yeah, like I said before, if you want to hear more of this style of show or less if you don't like the format and you're like yeah whatever get with the the improv that's cool too just let us know drop us a line on any of the socials like we mentioned before leave a comment leave a podcast rating i don't really post on facebook or twitter a whole lot anymore for uh reasons but you know if there's ways to get a hold of us let us know and with that i'm josh i'm mike and we have to return some videotapes <laughs> Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit radpantheon.com to support rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. Velvet Bethany.